You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio here on www.israelnewstalkradio.com. This is the Tamar Yona Show. I want to say hi to everybody who's listening in from all over the world. Let's just mention a few countries all over the United States. Of course, Israel, the Netherlands, Canada, the United Kingdom, Belgium, India, Poland, Australia, other places as well. Nice to see you here listening to us live. If it's between four to 5 p.m. holy time right here in the land of Israel or if it's between 9 to 10 a.m. U.S. Eastern time that means that we are live and you can call into the show with a comment or a question on the topics that we are speaking about. Our numbers are on the top of our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Today the quote-unquote ceasefire myth as prequel to murder also lies and errors Mapping Arab states and does sanity matter? Who are the Houthis? Also, a world first Israel's women take warriors, uh, tank warriors, sorry. <laughs> and uh, here joining us on the show, we have joining us Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem. He's a researcher, former lecturer at Ben Gurion University. He's authored over 90 books and 400 research papers on science, history, and more. And he commentates on Mideast and world issues. Welcome to the show, Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem. Thank you. Good to have you on. Okay, so uh, let's go to your top topic here, and that is the ceasefire myth. Tell our listeners about that, please. Okay, I've spoken several times, uh, certainly last week, and I think even the week before, that, that there's, a, there's a high level of importance to the terminology. Okay, we seem to have lost... Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem, but we have a caller, and we're going to go to our caller. This is Joe. Hi there, Joe. Tell our listeners where you're calling Hello. from. Ohio, right? Correct. Okay. So, what's your comment or question for us here at Israel News Talk Radio? Um, my comment is really simple. That um, first of all, my unwavering support for Israel, um, with mainly uh, the the contrast of thought here in the United States regarding uh, the conflict and how sad it is to see um, so many American Jews, um, I guess, not digesting correctly the, the facts and um, letting their emotions kind of sway their perspective and, and uh, perhaps uh, erroneous um, views and, and opinions. Um, I'm on the verge of losing a, a very de- dear and good friend of mine uh, just because of dear, the difference of opinions. Um, and I, I just wanted to comment on that and see what uh, the doctor says. Okay, so he's we, we, we've lost uh, his connection in the meantime, but can you give us an example of what you're running into with your friends? <clears throat> well, I mean, I think that primarily is... is um, and I hate to, to characterize it this way, but I think there's a lot of um, um, overly educated people who um, um, overly educated American Jews who, um, unfortunately, I think uh, they, it, I think it's difficult to discern between honest opinion and virtue signaling, and I think that that's a trade that, um, and I see. Primarily on the left, where where you can see the facts of what they are, but but 
your first instinct is to to kind of or to signal and to you know you know I'm a better person because I have this 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 pseudo moral position. Um, and, and I think it's sad. I, again, that's the main conflict that I have with with a close friend right now is that you know his first words <clears throat> out of his mouth when when we started discussing the, the conflict after October seventh was, "Well, I hope our friendship can survive this." Hmm. And and I wanted to hear honesty and sincerity in his statement, but what I really heard was just a, a babble of, of virtue signaling, like you know. You know you're 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 supporting Israel and and uh, and that's all good and fine, but but um, but I hope that our friendship can survive this, this difference of opinion. And I'm like you know, I mean, of course it would, but it's just really sad to to um, to see that. Uh, Joe, I've yet encountered one person who. Yes. Do you do you mind if I ask? And I might have asked it before. Are are you Jewish? Yes. You are Jewish. Okay. And so you're kind of like waking up now and seeing that people that you thought were your friends indeed are not your friends, uh, that they are, as you said, they are, uh, what was the word, the expression you used, virtue signaling? Virtue signaling, yes. yes. And and trying to show that they're better than you because they're academics and a lot of the academics get a little bit arrogant because of their degrees. Basically, that's that's what you're saying? Yeah, I think that this is a again. I hate to characterize it, but I think it's, it's kind of like a, a, a behavioral performance of the left, primarily, where they they see the facts, but they prefer to go with their emotions of of I'm supporting this side mainly because it's it's the moral thing to do, when in reality it isn't. Right. So I'm going to let Dr. Murakai. Ben Menachem, he's back with us. I'm going to let him jump in and answer, but just first, I'll I'll just throw this in, and that is that. I think this goes along the same uh, question I get a lot from people is, you know, why does it seem like uh, there are so many Jews in the, in the United States, not in Israel, but in the United States and the West, perhaps, that, that seems so leftist and, uh, and liberal and uh, et cetera, et cetera. And my, my feelings are, is that the Jewish people as a whole are a very... Uh, we're we're a nation that cares about other people. You see, when there are hurricanes and earthquakes and, and natural disasters, that Israel is one of the first nations to run out to these countries, set up uh, t- uh, tent hospitals, etc., and try to help these people. Because and even our enemies, we we've offered it to Iran, to Turkey, etc., and be, and and we have this. It's it's in our teva. It's it's our nature to be very you know wanting everybody to be friends and to helping the the downtrodden because we were once slaves in Egypt, etc. So we have this sensitivity towards people. However, when Jewish people, like we see in the West, are brought up without a Jewish education, but they still have that natural feeling and tendency in them to want to help people, help people, help people, but they don't have a Jewish education. And when you help and when you, uh, you know, Judaism teaches, if you're kind to the cruel, you end up being cruel to the kind. And they haven't gotten they that message. They haven't been educated with the Jewish education of morality and where you help and where you can't help, where you can't help. That person has to want to help themselves. You can't help someone if they don't want to help. And I always say, I'll repeat it again. Israel has peace with 
all of the Arabs, that is all of the Arabs that want peace. And the only peace that uh, the only Arabs that Israel does not have peace with are the Arabs that don't want peace. So it's just laid out there. And that's why I think that a lot of these academics, they see that the trend is, and they're seeing all these videos of these poor, poor, poor Arabs in Gaza, look what's happening to them, but they're not looking past the headlines and the, uh, the, the, the pictures, because Israel has told the population to leave, that this is now a military zone. We are going to be attacking here because we need to get the Hamas. And people who stay behind are either um, Hamas Nikim themselves and their wives and their children. And then these are the quote unquote civilians that are dying. But these these women and children who are outside that Israeli soldiers see and yell at them to get out and they don't. These people most likely are spotters and they will go and they'll walk down the street as if they're just trying to make their way home or make their way out. But actually they're looking around and then they go back and they we're getting a red alert signal right now in the South of the country. I'm just interrupting myself here uh, in that's the Gaza belt area. And I'm saying this on Sunday, the 3rd of December at 4, 10 PM. If anyone's listening to replay, it's not happening then when you're hearing it. So in other words, these people are spotters and they will tell, they will go back and they'll say, there's three soldiers over there. There's a tank over there. There's two soldiers on guard over there. And then our soldiers get killed. So, I don't know if you can explain this to them, because even if you do, if people don't want to believe something, they're not going to believe it. And you just have to know who your friends really are. And thank God you know who they really are before, God forbid, they would turn on you or turn you in or whatever, whatever it is. It's better that you know now. That's all I can say. And Dr. Mordechai ben Menach, I'm going to let you chime in now with your answer. Well, you know, I... I, I lived in Gaza many years ago, um, many, many years ago, as a matter of fact. And, you know, one of the things w w we saw there was that you'd have, I don't know, 100 children would come running out and sort of shouting. And I wouldn't call it a demonstration, but, you know, doing what children do. But among those 100 children, there'd be one or two of them with grenades. And, you know, the children would be throwing, I don't know what, maybe uh, a, a, a bit of mud or something like that. But I one of those children threw, throws mean, a hand grenade, think, you know, and it blows up. You know, and and so what do you do? You, you can't. You don't shoot children. Oh, that's so all. We don't do that. That's good. But well, you need to be aware that if they're being sent they're, out yeah, like right. that, there is a reason it's for that, and it can be very, you know, very you, dangerous. Okay. Well, everyone, you know, if you want to hear what's going on with Israel, about Israel, tune in to Israel News Talk Radio. We're telling this to you from on the ground here. And uh, I'm not, I, I don't have any uh, advertising money and sponsors that I have to be beholden to or that we have to be beholden to, thank God. And, and tell your friends about the station so they can hear things that they're not hearing in other places, that's for sure. All right. Uh, lies and errors that we've just covered. Did you want to say anything else, or we should, should we go to no, let's go on to, um, mapping Arab states? Arab states. Okay. It's really important, in any time you're talking to Arabs or talking about Arabs, to remember something critical. The concept in the West was called the Westphalian model of, of nation states. 
It's not universally accepted around the world. The Arab countries, or should I say pro more properly in this case, the Muslim countries, do not accept the Westphalian model as being a legitimate model of governance. Now, there's a concept that um, Germans uh, 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 govern Germans, French, uh, Fra France governs France, etc., etc. They don't accept that. In, in terms of the Quran, the only thing that is legitimate is, is a caliphate, and it needs to be all around, all around the world. So if you talk to them about a, a, a nation state, they're not, they're not necessarily going to accept what you're saying. You need to be aware, again, that words matter and things are not necessarily interpreted in the same way by all people. It's very interesting. Um, many of the so-called terrorist organizations or non-government organizations in the Arab world um, actually claim as part of their justification battling against states. Why is this so important to say? Because nation states such as Egypt, United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, want Hamas utterly destroyed. Hamas is their enemy. Hamas is more than that. It's their worst nightmare. More even than Iran. Qatar, like Turkey and Jordan, is part of the Muslim Brotherhood. But um, uh, um, uh, uh, Egypt and the Emirates and Saudi Arabia are not. Morocco is not. So these are nation states that operate under a, 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 an approximation of the Westphalian model, the, the model used in, in, in the Western world, in Western, in Western civilization today, and they don't want Hamas to exist. They strongly support Israel's war, but they cannot say it publicly. Well, you know, I, I'd like to even stretch what you're saying a little bit more and say that if they... I mean, you're saying that they don't want Hamas. They don't even want the Gazans, the people, these so-called innocent civilians, which they're not. Uh, they don't even want them themselves because they're not saying, okay, come into our lands. We'll open it up. We share the same language. We share the same religion. You're Arab. I'm Arab. That's what they could say. I know that there are people that saying that they're really not Arab originally. But in all intense, whatever purposes, there is intermarriage between, the you know, Egypt and Gaza and because they were once under Egypt, etc., and they share the same language, as I said. They share the same religion, but no one's taking them in because nobody wants them because they're... So, well, I'm not going to say because. There's lots of reasons because. Well, I'll just give one example. When, 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 when Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait in 1991, the, uh, uh, Kuwait had uh, a very large number of, uh, of Palestinians that lived in Kuwait and were working there. That, that you know that, that's a normal thing to do. You you everybody you know everybody knows today that you can work in a different country. That's fine. Well, the Palestinians all supported um, uh, Saddam Hussein. The Kuwaitis, when they came back to when they when Saddam Saddam Hussein was defeated and Kuwaiti government came back, all, all of those Palestinians were expelled. I don't know where they went, but they were expelled from Kuwait. And we're talking about hundreds of thousands. I think it was less than half a million, but it was certainly many hundreds of thousands. So there are precedents. There are reasons why they don't want people who have been 
educated from kindergarten, educated for hate. If you if you look at the education process in, for instance, Kuwait, Bahrain, uh, uh, United Arab Emirates, or whatever, you know they don't necessarily love everybody. They're not teaching turn the other cheek or whatever or whatever kind of thing like that. But they are not teaching. Uh, 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 horrible levels of hatred of the of the whole world, and you know we saw when the when these people were the PLO uh, that and identified with this whole thing when they were living in Jordan the ki- the king of Jordan did something called Black uh, Black September it was called where he killed well, like twenty thousand well, of them the, pri- the prior king of Jordan not the present one yeah the prior king. And uh, and they got rid of them, too. But, you know, if people want to live peacefully, I wish them well. I don't hate Arabs. I don't hate these uh, anybody who identifies who thinks that they're, quote, unquote, a Palestinian, even though it's it's incorrect and it's not accurate. But in any case, go. Go live in the West. Go live in your Arab countries. Go, go live a nice life. But if you are going to be attacking my people, innocent men, women, children, their families, etc., our cities, our towns, then you have forfeited your life. T- your you're right to be there, and and Absolutely. that's it. You have to and leave. As, 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 as we've reported in the past, we know that over the past few years, over three, over three hundred thousand Gazans left Gaza and went to live in the West. The vast majority. Of, there was a there was a survey done recently by a, 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 a an Arab a survey company or bureau or whatever it's called that showed that more than sixty percent of the residents of Gaza do not want to live under Hamas. They do not want to live physically in Gaza. They want to leave. Hamas is preventing them from leaving. Okay, so Ireland should take them in. Live where you want to live. Yeah. All right. Okay. So again, I just want to establish here I don't think you, I don't think I, I don't think that the majority of Israelis, the vast, vast majority of us, don't hate people. We want to get along with people. We want to live in peace. We want to prosper. We want to work together because that's our nature. But when you have this terrorist entity in your backyard who is doing these things to your population, well, you know, no more kicking the can down the road like our leadership has done. We have to go in there and do business and bring peace and safety back to our population and, by the way, the world, because if they're allowed to survive this, it's going to embolden other terrorist organizations that are in your area around the world. So you should all hopefully be rooting for Israel to finish uh, finish this war quickly, decisively, strongly, and uh, send a message to the rest of the terrorists around the world that their evil will not be tolerated. You know, I, I, I just have I have a quote here from Victor David Has Hansen, who's one of my, one uh, a historian that I I admire enormously, and I'm quoting here: "For all the boasts about loving death, it was Hamas who cowardly murdered the unarmed, scampered back to the safety of their tunnels, and used their 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 own kindred Gazans to shield them from death delivered to them by supposed nerds who love life too much." Unquote. Hmm. So, I mean, these things really do matter. Okay. Does sanity matter? Who are the Houthis? Okay. As as most people probably know, we've been recently attacked uh, uh, by the Houthis. Let let me just explain to people who these weirdos are. They really are weird. (laughs) Um, First of all, Houthis are people that come from Houth, 
There's a that's the name of a of a of a settlement in northern Yemen. The Houthis are basically a family to start with. Um, the 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 family is um, Shia, but they are a very specific Shia Muslim. And, and out of the ordinary sect of Shia Islam, they're not the same as the um, Iranian Shia or the Lebanese Shia. There's like many religions there, Islam has many, many, many sects. Everybody knows about the so-called Shia-Sunni divide, but it's much, much more complex than that. The, the Houthis are a sect called Zaidi. Um, the name doesn't matter for the moment, but... Um, uh, they have their their own set of beliefs. I don't that that doesn't matter for the moment. There have been some um, uh, eighty attacks on U.S. forces um, uh, throughout the Middle East over the past few uh, over the past two months. Um, the Houthis are looking at that very carefully. They're seeing that the United States military has displayed cowardice and not reacted in any responsible manner. Um, so they figure they can do what they, whatever they like. So the Houthis have been now, over the past, I think, two or three weeks, they've been um, taking advantage of it by um, capturing, quote-unquote, the actual term in, in legal terms is pirates, pirating, pirating ships, cargo ships that, that ply the, 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 the waterway uh, near, near Yemen, and they're holding them for a ransom. What was his? What was his name? Bluebeard, Blackbeard, or whatever their names were. That uh, the pirates of the of the Caribbean. They're pirates. They're nothing, nothing more than that. And they, 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 it's it's not that these people are are uh, totally insane. They're not really totally insane. They're just kind of very weird. And they figure that if the Americans aren't really going to do anything with their with their uh, 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 millions and tens and hundreds of millions of dollars that they spend on their on their military, why can't they take advantage of this fact and make some money for themselves? So that's what they're doing. Uh, um, it's been mentioned many times in the um, in the international media and in international uh, 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 journalists or whatever, that the Houthis have been uh, shooting rockets and missiles at Israel. That's not really true. Um, Rockets have been coming from their territory, but the Houthis, I'm not meaning to be here too terribly um, insulting, but um, they're barefoot goat herds that probably less than 10% of them have ever learned to read and write. So the idea that they're shooting off sophisticated ballistic missiles is kind of ridiculous. It's fairly obvious to anyone who knows anything about the subject um, that's not Houthis that are shooting these these missiles. It's Iranians. They're hiding among the Houthis, but it's actually Iranians that Iranians do. Um, one thing people should be aware of, Houthis have an interesting motto that they that's on their flag and that they shout every time they, they get a chance. And I'm quoting, God is the greatest, death to America, death to Israel, cursed be the Jews, victory to Islam. That's their, that's their motto. So um, 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 they're not firing drones. They're not firing ballistic missiles, neither at Israel or Saudi Arabia. They're just hiding the ones that are firing them, and they're, they're Iranians. 
people need to be aware of the actual facts and not the garbage that they see in, 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 a, in a disgusting rag like the New York Times. Okay, so, yeah. I'm just saying that uh, uh, the, the Iranians look at the Houthis as their dogs and they treat them as dogs, but what the heck, they can die for them. You know, the Iranians don't have to kill themselves. They can let other people die. They're fine with that. Yeah, the Iranians, that, that's how they work. They, they work through their proxies, through the Hezbollah, through the Hamas, through the Houthi, uh, and uh, maybe others as well. And that way, their hands are clean. They say, oh, what was the Hamas that did this? Not Iran to Israel. It was the Hezbollah that did this, not Iran, etc. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. But, I mean, they're, 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 they're abject cowards. Certainly not the Iranian people, don't me. I've had... I've known many Iranian people that were lovely people. I'm talking about the Iranian government, which is ridiculous and disgusting. But they're cowardly, and they, you know, they, they'd rather let other people. They they consider they're Aryans. They are Aryans, by the way. The Germans are not Aryans, despite Hitler's silliness. Um, the 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 Persians are the real Aryans, and they look down upon the Arabs, and the Arabs can be used and disposed of as they. As it is convenient. That's that's the way it works. Okay. Next topic. I want to get to a fun subject. Okay. Yes, go ahead. <coughs> there was a report put out, and I think and I, I, I so enjoyed it that I, we just have to talk about this a little bit. It was a uh, uh, on the 7th of October, on Simchat Torah, um, there was a company of tanks, I'm, I'm not certain I'm using the correct American terminology, so people uh, um, uh, forgive me if I'm and I, if I don't know the American military terms for these things. A company uh, uh, consists of several tanks. It doesn't matter at the moment how many. Several tanks. So we have uh, young ladies by the name of Hagar Hila, Tal Sarah, Michal Carney, Ophir, Sheked Tamar, tank women. These are women that the, the entire company is. How do you say it? Manned by women? I don't know if that's... Yes. that's, that's it sounds like terrible <laughs> that's English. That's pretty funny. I'm not saying, I, don't know how to, I don't know how to say that, and I apologize, okay? Um, these are probably, as far as we know, these are the first women in the world to be, uh, uh, to be in active um, uh, um, armored warriors. You look at them, they're, they're, you know, they're pretty young ladies, um, professionals, determined, um, with actually the most beautiful kind of beauty that one can imagine, that's beauty of the spirit. Um, phenomenal heroes. They were tens of kilometers away from the Gaza border on the 7th of October at 6.30 in the morning. When they got the message what was, what was going on there, they didn't know, they, they didn't know fully what the, what the information was. They got the, men, me, uh, the message. The, the uh, company commander's name was Carney. She gave the order to, she's 20 years old, she gave the order to uh, proceed. Tanks drove tens of kilometers on roads. That's not normal for tanks. Um, uh, these are pretty big, massive tanks. I don't know how many, how many people out there really understand what, what tanks are. Um, they went to war and went and battled Engaged with the enemy for 17 hours. They saved... Two villages that had been attacked by the terrorists. They had no casualties. 
and they tranched many tens, perhaps over a hundred terrorists that were attacking these villages. And we had no casualties on our side. Thank God. Yeah, I saw that report. It was it was, it was absolutely marvelous. I mean, it was just phenomenal report. They interviewed phenomenal. these these women, these female soldiers. They interviewed them, and they were just saying, "Yeah, we just went into action. We did, you know, everything professionally the way we're supposed to be doing it, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Very, very modest, humble, nice girls. And it was just beautiful to watch these 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 young ladies. Yeah. You know, I mean. You know, I'm not talking about the bathing suits. I'm talking about young kids, 20-year-old kids in, in, in uniform who were trained to do a job, do, do, did the job exceedingly well. And as far as we know, this is the first time in human history of a tank battle of, uh, of, of only there were only women in the tanks. Yeah, you know, I think it would be I think it would be really good if we really like push that story to humiliate the enemy. <laughs> oh, oh like it's much more than would... You're absolutely right. <laughs> it's much more than humiliating. These, One the... thing people need to be aware of, and I don't think very many people are, according to Sharia, the the uh, uh, Islamic uh, uh, version law. of halakha yeah. or whatever their law, their laws, but, yeah. An Islamic warrior killed by a female is not a shaheed. He is not a martyr. He gets no virgins. He doesn't go to paradise. There is nothing that he receives because he was killed by a woman, not by a man. And there is no larger deterrent for an Arab terrorist than to say, you may be killed by a woman and not by a man. Because all of the benefits come quote-unquote benefits that they think they have coming to them because they're, they've gone to war are... To kill the um, Yahud, uh, uh, the Jew. The basically Yahud. erased. They're, they're gone. They're not there. Mm. Okay, so I just want to let people... If, if there's anybody who wants to call, call in with a comment or a question, we still have uh, a little bit of time, and so you should call right now. Otherwise, we'll, we'll start wrapping the show up. Our numbers are on the top of our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And if you have a comment or question, you can call in. Anything else? I have a couple of comments just to, just to, to close up with. If, okay. You still have time, time. We do. Uh, I want to mention that two people of note died last week. Henry Kissinger at the age of 100 and Charlie Munger at the age of 99. Both amazing men. Um, I'm not a fan of Henry Kissinger. I'm a tremendous fan of Charlie Munger. Anyone who doesn't know the name Charlie Munger, Charlie Munger was the... Um, partner of uh, Warren Buffett. They built together their company, uh, uh, Berkshire Hathaway. Charlie Munger was the strategist, while uh, Warren Buffett is the operations genius. Um, the man did phenomenal work. He did, they did, uh, Berkshire Hathaway did a lot of benefit for humanity, a lot of good things. Um, they don't, they didn't own, they, they got rich by doing good. They didn't, harm people by getting rich. And Charlie Munger was the one, as far as I'm aware, who uh, um, uh, came up with the original plan for Berkshire Hathaway to invest in Israel, and they've made a lot of money doing that. So that's very interesting. Two very, very old men that went that went to their final rest. Um, I think Henry Kissinger did a lot more harm to America than people are aware. And um, Israel. And to Israel, of course, yes. 
Um, and the second comment that I'd like to make is about Canada. Canada is the second largest country on the planet. Israel is the 100th inside, in, in size. In 2022, Canada's birth rate, or births rather, in absolute numbers was just twice that of Israel. Which I found to be an amazing number. I mean, Canada as a country is slowly dying because the women there don't want to have children. They're pessimists. Canadians, when they look at the world, see pessimism. Israelis, when they look at the world, see optimism. So, what do you really want to live? I, I'm what, not sure if it's only pessimism. I, it might just be also kind of, I, I don't want to use such a strong word as being selfish, but a lot of people, they don't want the burden of having to raise kids. They'd rather just get a dog, and they, they call them their fur babies. And, you, don't, you know, you can leave on vacation and do things, and you don't have the same responsibility as a child, uh, to, to raise a child as you do to be a fur baby owner. I think it's a, I think it's a value that they just don't have. Their values isn't to 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 have children. Oh, I, I don't know which is more pathetic to say pessimism or to say fur baby, but okay. But uh, I, I, they both sound to me horribly pathetic. Yeah, okay. yeah. Sad, <laughs> very very sad. Yeah, I, and I'm I'm speaking to Canadians now. If you if you're hearing this and you're aware of this, I I, I challenge you. Well, you want to live like that? Come home. You belong here. If you're, a, if you're a reasonable human being, you belong here. This is a country imbued with optimism to an extent that is just phenomenal to behold. Yeah, you know what? Let, let me give a little bit of a, what, 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 what we call in Hebrew a Davar Torah. It's a <laughs> lesson from the Torah. We, we read uh, in the previous uh, Shabbat, not this last one, but the previous Shabbat, that Jacob, Yaakov in Hebrew, is living with his father-in-law, Lavan, and he sees uh, Lavan has been uh, cheating and changing the wages of Jacob all the time. You can have the spotted sheep. Okay, no, then I'm going to take the, when he sees that the spotted sheep start to to uh, be born more and, 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 and uh, Yaakov, Jacob is getting richer and richer. So then he says, no, then I want them. And then when he changes, all of a sudden, <laughs> the other sheep are the ones that, that Yaakov Patch, has. Patches. Patches. Okay. And, uh, and so finally, it happens that the sons of Lavan, um, they are getting jealous and peering with, you know, squinted eyes at Jacob, at Yaakov, because they see this as Yaakov is getting rich on the back of their father. But of course he's not. He worked for free all this time. He was, uh, he had to work in order to be able to marry his daughter, daughters. And he was cheated out of the first one. But I'm not going to go into all that whole story. You can read the Bible yourself. But the point I want to make here is, is that Jacob, Yaakov, noticed the difference of the way that uh, that Lavan looked at him and that his sons looked at him after he started to become wealthy and these boys felt that, what, they're going to take all of my father's inheritance, this, this brother-in-law of ours? And so they started talking bad about him and Lavan was influenced by this as well. I mean, not that he didn't have these feelings anyway, but, you know, he, he was... Uh, 
money hungry himself. And, and Jacob said, you know, he went to his wife and said, look, it's time for us to go. We have to go. And God was telling him to go also. His mother was telling him to go. And he says, we've got to go. Why? Because he saw that things had changed and things were not like they were before. And as our wonderful caller, Joe, called in and said he's so disappointed that people that he thought were his friends are now basically uh, turning on him, whether they're Jewish or not Jewish, I should say uneducated Jews or not Jewish people, this is a sign. Wake up, my friends. Look at your history. Again, if you knew that you had breast cancer in your family or you knew that you had some other type of disease that, that uh, ran in your family, wouldn't you, knowing your medical history, be on the lookout for any signs whatsoever, any symptoms to immediately go get checked and know if you have this and then immediately get this taken out of you? Or in this case, you should leave there. So we've experienced anti-Semitism during our lifetimes. We know what the signs are. We're seeing them today and literally seeing the writing on the wall when you see the graffiti, kill the Jews, right? And they end the Jews with SS, like the Nazis. And free, free Palestine from the river to the sea. Palestine will be free. That means a genocide on Israel and the Jewish people here. And they're marching down your streets. They're not marching down my streets here in Israel, but they're marching down your streets in the United States, in Australia, in the UK, in France, in uh, South America, etc. These are the warning signs and the time, uh, it's time that we took the cue from our father, Yaakov, Jacob, and realize what these signs are and get out come home to Israel. We all know that the future of the Jewish people is here in Israel. It's not going to be in Melbourne or in London or in France or in Paris or in New York City or anywhere else. It's going to be right here in the land of Israel. This is where it's all going to happen. So get out. It's time to as uh, Shifra Hoffman, may her memory be for a blessing. She always used to say, pick up, pack up and get out. <laughs> that's it. That's the answer. And I know it's not an answer you want to hear, but you know what? My father, when he was in Europe before the Holocaust and uh, Jabotinsky wanted to come into their synagogue and warn the Jews that Europe is on fire. Get out. This was just before the Holocaust. And they didn't want to listen to him. They said, he's a rabble rouser. Don't listen to him. It's not going to be so bad. We'll get through it. We'll survive it. It might be uncomfortable here and there, but we'll, we'll get through it. We'll survive it. We have never won the war against anti-Semitism, not in Spain with the Inquisition, not in Germany with the Holocaust or Europe in, with the Holocaust. And you know, I, I, should, I should add something here at this point. Go ahead. Forgive me for interrupting. Um, it's, it's not just Jews. You know, uh, when this happens to Jews... It happens to the whole world. Remember, Hitler murdered 6 million Jews. 80 million people around the world died. 8-0. So when somebody comes for the Jews, they're coming for you next. 
That's well, yeah, that's right. That should be a signal to people too, because if they have no value for human life and they say, well, it's because you're a Jew, the next thing will be is because you're a capitalist or you're a uh, an American or you're a, a colonizer or you're white or you're this or you're that. So wake up, take, stand up for the side that you know is right. And that is Israel's side in this. Remember, the Hamas broke the ceasefire. They were the ones on October 6th. We had a ceasefire on October 7th. They broke it. And now they're complaining and crying to the world and trying to gain sympathy. And don't believe their numbers either. When they give you all these numbers that we've killed 6,000 children, let me tell you something. If we had killed 6,000 children, you would see their bodies plastered all over the news. You would see it everywhere. You would see all the funerals that they would be going and and showing all, all, all over the world. And you're not seeing it. So that's not true. Don't just accept their numbers because the criminals are claiming this. They're a criminal uh, organization. They are a murderous organization. They will, do, if they will do anything. So you believe their numbers just, just like that? Come on. Be smart. Be, be educated. Be sensible. You know, I have some very close friends here who are uh, um, um, black as coal. And uh, they're they're, so, they're sort of amused when when these these imitation academics in America say that all of the Israelis are white. I mean, <laughs> we have we you know uh, um, more than sixty percent. I think it's now sixty five percent of 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 Israel are people who are people of color, not people who are actually of European extraction or Caucasian. Yes, this is true. I, I mean, I, I at my at my Shabbat table, I had a Jewish black woman <laughs> coming to my house on Shabbat. <laughs> She's sure. black from Africa. I, I, one, my closest friends here in the neighborhood where I live right now, um, 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 the lady was born in Ethiopia. She was born in Africa. She's not black. She's not terribly black. She's not terribly dark. She's very pretty. Um, I mean, but she's certainly darker than, I don't know, um, milk chocolates, <laughs> whatever. We say that. So, you know, we have Chinese Jews and we have black Jews and we have Mexican, Jew- Mexican Jews and French Jews and Russian Jews and American Jews and, and Israeli Jews, of course. And we have Jews from all over the world and from Africa and from every every place in the world. I, just go anywhere. You'll probably meet a Jew someplace also. We're, 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 we're everywhere. And it says in the Bible that he's going to gather us back from the four corners of the earth because that's where we've, we've spread it. So the skin color, the the location, it's it's irrelevant in so many, in so many uh, instances. So, yes, do not judge uh, and know your history and know what you're talking about before you, you take a side. Absolutely correct. Okay. Anything else you wanted to say before we say goodbye to our listeners? I, I, I'll make a comment that I'm not sure of myself here, but it's, it's an interesting point that I've been seeing throughout the day while looking at various news reports from around the world about what's going on in Gaza. And, and uh, uh, all of the American commentators, and including senior military people uh, or former senior military people in, in the United States, et cetera, et cetera, well, the, uh, the, 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 the business with the hostages returning is not good for Israel because Hamas will be able to prepare itself, blah, blah, blah. But what, seems to be, what I seem to be seeing 
is that the IDF prepared itself so well that the um, um, uh, how do you say it? Um, the um, um, forward motion since the end of this pause has been so powerful that Hamas has been totally taken by surprise. They actually believe their own lies. They actually believe that the, this pause was to their benefit. Our generals took such uh, uh, um, um, brilliant advantage of this pause to um, uh, uh, gather improved intelligence and to um, uh, uh, improve positions and things like that, that Hamas has been hit extraordinarily hard over this past uh, uh, day or so. And I think that's very, very interesting to note that all of these senior analysts, and I'm including people that I admire. I'm not, you know, I, I admire uh, Douglas McGregor, for instance. I mean, he's, he's far from stupid. He's a very intelligent man. And I think he's a very moral man. But he was totally wrong in, what, in everything that he said. And I think that's the same for almost every American military analyst that I have heard discussing the proposed pause as opposed to what's happened as a result of that. And I think that's a very, very interesting fact. And again, it's too early to tell for sure. I'm not really certain what I'm saying. This is what I appear to be seeing. Hmm. Okay, well, you know, and with everything, we, we can be very pleased if we do see this uh, war end quickly. But uh, again, everything, everything, everything is in God's hands. And it's only with his help that we will survive this and win this because we are we are God's people. And as long as we keep his ways, his commandments, then hopefully we will see blessings. And all of the non-Jews around the world who bless the Jews will also see blessings. That's, the, that's what the Torah says. It says those who bless the Jews will be blessed and those who curse the Jews will be cursed. And I want to see everybody blessed. And I want to see our enemies repent and say, wow, we were wrong. We're so sorry. And, and improve your ways. If you supported Hamas, if you still support Hamas, examine your ways and come on the side of good. We, we, we value life, even if we don't think alike. But you have to be decent. You have to be, uh, uh, you have to be a good, decent person. And, uh, and we're wishing everybody peace and safety and an end to this war quickly. And thank you, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem, as well, for being on the show today. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, and I want to thank everybody else here at Israel News Talk Radio as well. If you have any comments or questions, you can feel free to write me. I can't always answer back, but I try to read all of the emails, and we appreciate hearing from you all. Tell us where you are from and where you're listening from and how you heard about us. We're always uh, liking to hear from our listeners. You've been listening to the Tamar Yona Show here at Israel News Talk Radio.com. <laughs>